everybody! My name is Andrew, and sitting across from me, that's right, it's the Supreme Allied Commander of Spike TV, Mark oh, Gonzalez. Wow. <laughs> and you are listening to Episodic Memories. Mark, how the hell are you? Doing great, Andrew. Uh, feels like we're back into the swing of things. Hopefully we're, we're back on schedule. No, probably not. No. Okay, well. This will go up sometime mid-Saturday, a few months from now. I don't know, whenever we can get to it. Part one of it will go up on Saturday. Well, yeah. I mean, Part two will be later on. That's, yeah, you gotta, it's, you know, it's like Infinity War, all right? Part one, now, now, now. Part two, you Year know. later. Whenevs. Whenevs. And then in the meantime, we'll do spinoffs, all of Doctor Strange and... Yeah, Ant Man Two. We're finally, I'm really Black ex- Panther. I'm excited to be getting into Phase Three of Episodic, episodic memories. memories. It's good. It's finally we get to finally drill down into some of the, our ancillary characters that we've been teasing right. for years. Yeah, pissed off Grip is finally going to get his own, have his own own show, his own episode. It'll be pretty exciting. Allow me to say, Episodic Memories is the digital sensation that's sweeping the nation. Yep. For this series, Andrew and I will have watched. Hopefully. Both of us, hopefully, have watched a single episode of a TV series that we have never seen before. Never seen before. We will break down that episode. Mm -hmm. We will analyze it. We've run it through our supercomputers. Right. That's what I like to call my brain. My supercomputer. Hmm. And then uh, you guys get to hear us break it down, break it down, piss and moan about it, yeah, and complain about the shows and say that they're total garbage, and then give an impassioned plea to whoever's the showrunner to please let us be PAs. Just Just give us a job. Just give us a fucking job. I just we just need a job. Just 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 one job. I need this job. Be helping somebody. Please, please, I need this job. This week we watched the Sci-Fi Channel original series, Warehouse. 13. 13 warehouse 13. 13 now this show i didn't know about this until i looked recently but this show ran for like six seasons yeah and five was seasons technically very popular on sci-fi yes uh it was paired with eureka i don't necessarily think the two the two were in the same universe i believe from characters overlapped yeah but i don't believe it's a spinoff yeah but yeah, no, this is one of those shows that, like, just hangs out, and you, when you meet someone, I bet when you meet someone that really likes Warehouse 13, like, they really like Warehouse 13. I actually met the first, uh, like, the first month after college, uh, after I'd graduated from college, I was at the Century City Mall mm-hmm. in the comic book section with my then roommate, and we met... <laughs> the mall itself has a comic book section? <laughs> Oh, sorry. In the um, <laughs> borders, it used to be a borders yeah. in there, and I think now it's either it's a, a burned out husk, yeah, it's or a, it's a, they like, expanded the. It's a Hooverville, just nothing yes. but cardboard boxes where former borders employees live now. Yes. I actually think they might have expanded the um, container store. It's about fucking time. I've been it's saying not big enough. Every time I go to the Century not City container store, I'm just like, "Where's all the containers?" And then they're like, well, sir, we have an expansion that's coming in 2015, yeah. but uh, we just don't have it ready. And I'm just like, get, get, get away from me. Get away, get away from me. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. I, if I can't, if I can't find a very specific container for my dog, mm-hmm. 
my living dog yes. that's dog shaped right. that I can carry places, and then I want nothing to do with this story. I wanted to basically be a suit of armor for my dog. For my dog, because the arms still need to move. Yeah, but I wanted to have a pop top, like yeah. uh, like a Tupperware. Yeah. Oh yeah. Top. Yeah. You got to see burp it. Seal it in. Yeah. Seal the dog's <laughs> the dog's natural scent in. I went for a run yesterday, Mark. I found a dog. You found a dog. I found a dog. Is it? It's not here oh. right now, but. I was going for a run, and I heard some jingle jangling behind me, and this d- dumb fatty behind me just just clickety clacking down the sidewalk. Nobody, no owner in sight. Yeah, what'd you do? Well, see, this is weird in Los Angeles because a lot of people like to walk their dogs without leashes. Yes. Uh, so first i had, i had to do that thing i had to like suss out the situation because i didn't want to go up to the dog and then have some like dickhead about half a mile back <laughs> that because they just you know it's like you just see this unattended dog yeah. and then there's some dude like half a mile back like no he's fine he's fine yeah no 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 he's fine it's fine it's going 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 for a walk hey don't touch my dog that's what they do yeah uh, but this dog seemed, I walked up to the dog and he kind of jumped the curb and kind of went around a car. Oh no. And I was like, well, this dog probably, if there was an owner, they would be really irresponsible just to let this dog kind of meander yes. about like this. So finally I coaxed it to come over to me and I found it and I was going for a run. So like I, uh, I was like trying to. I was trying to hold this dog, and I was like trying to mail a letter. There's a lot going on, right? I, Did it have tags? It it had a tag, but it was for like a like some kind of rescue, and so I called both the numbers on it, and some woman answered, and I was like, "Hey, I found a I found a dog, and I called this number on the yeah. dog," and um, she didn't seem too helpful, but she was like, "Oh, it's one of my dogs," but it wasn't like she runs like a like a like a rescue service. Right. So she, uh, she's like, what, what does the dog look like? And dog shape. It's, it's yeah. It's two ears, I think. Yeah. Uh, four legs. Uh, no, it's hard to explain. Cause like, I, it's hard to explain like it, cause it was a mutt. So here's like brown, it's um, brown dog. How, how big is it? It was uh, small. It was like a toy size dog. I could hold it in, okay. in my arm. Okay. Uh, and, um, and yeah, low to the ground. I guess yeah. I don't. I don't know. I can't. Long <laughs> no. nose. Yeah, wet, cold, wet nose. <laughs> <laughs> Taking its its temperature right now. Uh, Doesn't seem to like that. Nope. <laughs> Pees in the same place and with the same air and looking its eyes as I do. Yeah. So, um, so then she was like, uh, no. Then I, I decided I was like, Can, you want me to take a picture of it? Uh, and then send it to you. And she's like, oh, that'd be great. And so I was, I spent the next 10 minutes trying to get this dog to look at me so I could take a picture of it. Yeah. And it didn't work in the slightest because I was like ho- trying to hold it and then take like a selfie. selfie yeah, take a selfie with the dog. But I, the dog would tell her the dog's the one on the left. <laughs> the dog wouldn't look at me. Yeah. So then I tried to sit it on the ground and then say like, stay yeah. look at look look at me look at me look look uh, hey, look quit, look at me quit jerking me around dog uh and so while this is happening a woman walks up to me that apparently had been fostering the dog and so this is where i think the weirdness comes in where i think she 
I think she got kind of freaked out that I was like taking pictures just with her dog, sitting down and just watching this dog and trying to take pictures of it. Uh, and she was like, did you just find that dog? I was like, yeah, actually I just found the dog. And, uh, she very quickly was like, Oh, it all popped out of the window. And then like, didn't explain really exchange pleasantries or anything like that. So like, I felt obligated to like explain why I was taking pictures of this dog. And then it came out even more awkward. And I was like, well, I called the number on the tag and they wanted me to take a picture of it and the dog's being fussy. So that's why I was trying to get a picture of it Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't look at me. The dog wouldn't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like slowly backing. I was like, the dog, the dog, the the dog dog wouldn't look at me. Just, Look at me, dog. Don't you look at me. Look at me. <laughs> and uh, then she turned around into a dead sprint. But All like right. that was, and then it, it had completely ruined my mile time by that point. I so would imagine. The damage yeah. was already done. That now I look like a psychopath that just found this dog and was like, we're going to make some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Look at me. That was my night last night. That's a good Good night. Yeah, sounded Not yeah, it sounded great. Yeah, uh, but Mark, let's dig into the show that we're talking about. Apparently, entitled Warehouse Thirteen, in a segment we call "Hey, Hey, Hey, What's Going On Here?" What's going on here? Mark, Warehouse Thirteen debuted on Sci-Fi on Siffy. I don't believe it was Siffy at the time. It later became Siffy. Just to finish my story, I met a writer. Oh. For Warehouse. Oh, that's right. You had a. You were talking about this. I was talking about something before you interrupted. Oh, and then we went to the container store. (laughs) And what did they say? He was a very nice guy. Was his his name... Did he tell you his name? Derek. Oh. I'm... I think it's Derek Hughes. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Ooh la la. He writes. He and his partner write like are kind of like journeyman writers. Mm-hmm. Or like they worked on Warehouse 13 for like two seasons, and then they worked on like, Army Wives. I want to say yeah. something else. Like they just kind of work on whatever. Um, I got a great show pitch about a guy who finds a dog mm-hmm. and it's falsely. Falsely accused. Falsely accused of being a creep by mm-hmm. taking pictures of this dog. Well, rightfully accused of being a creep. Well, I mean, it, but, 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 but in this circumstance, he's falsely, he's a creep, but yeah. like for different reasons. Right. Different, different, deeper, darker reasons. Right. Uh, so if he wants to talk, if he's listening right now, which I I'm assume sure he is. He is. Uh, well, that's cool. How did you How did you find out that he wrote for Warehouse 13? Was he just standing there with a big like? A, was he at a table that was like talk to a writer? Talk to, no, a critically acclaimed series Warehouse 13. No, me and my roommate were looking at comic books, mm-hmm. and then he was there also looking at stuff, and like a conversation started up. Yeah, we and you like, both reached for that uh, Richie Rich. Yeah, knocked it down, picked it up, books. looked into each other's eyes. You like Richie Rich too? I've always liked Richie Rich. <laughs> yeah. Want to get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> and your roommate's we, like, "Hey, you, you're my ride." Hey, you drove me here. And then we, like, we mentioned that we didn't have jobs and we just graduated. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, I'm a writer. All right, I fly." <laughs> yeah. And then he like lit a cigar with a hundred dollar bill and walked yeah. away 
put it out right on your arm as you right. went by. <laughs> You're like, why would you light it and then ah! put it right out? Um, well, that's cool. He didn't write this episode, no. unfortunately. Uh, but Which is episode... Uh, season 1, episode 7. Yeah. Entitled Implosion. This show, however, Warehouse 13, created by Jane Espenson, uh, writer and producer for Buffy. She's a co-EP on Caprica. Remember Caprica? I watched one episode of Caprica and it was terrible. And he said, no more. And currently a consulting producer on episodic memory favorite once upon a time so is she just getting a check for being a consulting producer she just shows up she's like what if mulan was there yeah we could do that. we could do that can what about if like neil armstrong showed up i guess uh i think we own the rights yeah i think we got that i love that story about character neil armstrong (laughs) great great character uh and also uh co-created by d brent moat M-O-T-E. It's either Mote or Mote. Yeah. Uh, writer of TV, 1999's TV movie Atomic Train. Wow. Do you remember Atomic Train? Uh, I remember yes. this being a big deal. It was a big deal about how dumb it was. I want to say it was on CBS, uh, but basically Rob Lowe mm-hmm. stars in... Uh, we should... At some point, we should watch Atomic Train. Watch that. Uh, Rob Lowe stars as like a train expert who happens to be on a train right. that uh, a shady waste disposal company has decided to um, load up with with, with, with a nuclear uh, yeah a, a nuclear waste and an atomic warhead. Right. The brakes have failed and it's going straight towards Denver. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's as big as the Chrysler Building. <laughs> Uh, and Rob Lowe has to somehow stop the train before it nukes Denver, apparently. Right. And that's what Atomic Train is. It's very exciting. Sounds good. Uh, the episode we watched, again, is entitled Implosion Season 1, Episode 7. This uh, episode first aired on August 18th, 2009, directed by Vincent Misano, who um, has done a lot of work. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Law and Order, Eli Stone, Prison Break, etc., etc., uh, this particular episode, not written by your friend Derek, but rather written by Bob Goodman. Oh, yeah. Current writer for Elementary, along with writing a whole mess of, like, DC-related properties, animated properties. Uh, Superman. Um, Brave and the Bold? No, uh, but he has written a couple of the direct-to-DVD DC offerings lately. Right. Uh, he wrote uh, the adaptation of Batman The Dark Knight Returns, right. which uh, I watched bits and pieces of online. It has Michael Emerson as the Joker. Who's Michael Emerson? Michael Emerson is um, Ben on Lost. Oh. And he's now currently on Person of Interest. I guess he's like the little squirrely guy with glasses. I guess I can see that. It's uh, it's a weird choice. Uh, and Peter Weller, t- movies RoboCop. Yeah. Uh, I, know, play, I know Peter Weller. Plays Batman. That's fine. Yeah. That works. Yeah. I think that works. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and jump into Warehouse 13. Act 1, we open up in the warehouse. Let, let me just say, before we get too deep into this, this show is based on the last 20 seconds of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Uh, That's the concept, is that there's a big warehouse with all sorts of with all sorts of goofy magic items in it. Artifacts that are being collected, tagged, and cataloged in 
this mystical, mythical warehouse. Just in this 13, big dumb warehouse. That Which, happens to be some kind of that the United States government has some tabs on, but kind of lets them do their lets own them thing. Do their own thing. They're the agents working for it are an offshoot of the Secret Service, right? Is it because it's because it's got a secret? Secrets. It's secrets. Which I just want to say right at the top, I never thought that the place that they kept the Ark was where we keep all of our priceless artifacts. No, it's the same thing. It's it's the Smithsonian. I thought no, I thought that where they're putting it. I thought that everything in those other boxes was just like mundane sp- crap, spare tank parts or something. Yeah, like it didn't make any sense to me that we would put all of our doomsday devices into the same warehouse. Well, you got to put them somewhere, Mark. You got to put them somewhere safe, somewhere where you know where they are. And if you put them in the doomsday shed, then you know they're in the doomsday it's shed. It's in the doomsday shed. Yeah. So I just, I just thought that was, I thought that was a dumb concept. And then they kind of. If you watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they're like, no, everything in there is something weird and wacky. Like, Yeah, they got that magnet thing. Magnets. <sighs> it's just dumb. Knock over the art. What a bad movie. Uh, according to the co-creators of this, I believe the pitch was part Raiders, part Moonlighting. Yeah, because the two... There's supposed to be a will they won't they with the two main characters, yeah. Pete and Minka. Yeah. Uh but we open with Pete uh at warehouse thirteen going into an office and finding a samurai, samurai sword. sword. He then does his yellow face character. Yep. Which is Ching Chong Ding Dong. Yeah, how I like to start my T V shows. Uh yeah, it's it's Ching Ching Chong Chinaman apparently doing his well, it would be chop sake. No, it would be it would be slap eye Jap man because oh. <laughs> it's a samurai sword. I understand. <laughs> yes, he starts doing a bad uh, kung fu dub and starts fucking around with the sword. Um, Mika 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 comes up behind him and is like, "What are you doing? Is there anything you won't play with?" You're you're the you're the silly one. Yeah, you're the you're the silly one. Uh, and then Artie, who is a who must be like the boss, like the he's the guy that runs the, the place, curator yeah. of Warehouse Thirteen comes in. And Artie's character is Mark and I were having this discussion off mic earlier. I feel like they saw. Um, Mandy Patinkin's. Mandy Patinkin in Criminal Minds. And they were like, "That's what we want. We want that." Like, and I think it. I think they wanted Richard Schiff from West Wing, but they were like, "We want like this schlubby kind of." I mean, I'll I'll come around and say it like Jewy character. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that not how this character is written? You're right. He's he's very he's very Jewish. He discusses the Talmud yeah. later in the episode. Yes, and he is played by. Uh, Mr. Beauchamp from Unforgiven, mm-hmm. which good casting. But uh, yeah, he's he's very. But he has that Mandy Patinkin delivery. Oh yeah, the thing. I they probably told him do your do your do your Patinkin do your Patinkin, do your like, Patinkin for everybody. Come do, on, it's funny. It. It's, it's funny. Like, it ha- it came out before Homeland, but if you like watch Mandy Patinkin in Homeland, there's a little bit of that too, where it's just it's just him kind of 
very low kind of rattling off things and it, yeah. It, oh, yeah I don't have time to explain yeah, to you what's just, going on just do what I she's off her meds she's off her meds but she's the best damn Asian yeah. we've ever had it's it's that kind of thing right. <laughs> so Artie comes in and tells him to put it down Artie explains that this is a copy the sword that that uh, Pete here is holding is a copy of the finest samurai sword ever, ever forged made. yeah However, uh, Pete and Micah are being tasked with going to get the real sword, which is being delivered to Washington, D.C. as a gift to the president from Japan. Right. So they have to go to the Japanese embassy. Get the sword. Get the sword. And bring it back to Warehouse 13. But Artie doesn't really explain why. He's just like... Or how. He's like, you know, you want to know why you're going to get the sword? Because I fucking told you to get the sword. Yeah. All right? Check the name on the fucking door. Get out of my sight. We cut to Washington, D.C. and at a place called Kluger Electronics. Yeah. Some old guy there is like kind of a weird old crank. Mm-hmm. He's like some and some mystery man shows up and, and and wants something and doesn't say anything. So Kluger has to be the guy who's like, oh, you uh, want this? Huh? I knew you'd I knew you'd come back to me after all those years and. Look for the old Kluger special. Well, here it is. Here it is. As requested this via thing. that email. That <laughs> look at it. Here it is. Oh, you want to see it? I bet you want to see it. Here well, it I want to see the look on your face when you see it. You're going to love this. Here we go. Opening the briefcase. Huh? Huh? What do you think? Just like you asked for. You wanted me to make these for you, so I made them for you in I'm exchange gonna, for money. You already know what they are. I'm not right. going to tell you what they are, but I'm you asked me to make I'm just going to say everything else. Uh, yes, he shows him a briefcase full of these large canisters, and then he's like, okay, I did what you asked me to do now. Give me the cash, because American credit ain't what it used to be, Tapagoyuma. And um, instead, he gets blasted by some kind of electro ray, yeah. and uh, the mystery man leaves. Then we cut to the Japanese embassy. Uh, Pete and Micah fuss about what they think the sword is actually about. Some um, shit. But they're like, look, Artie would tell us if, if it was if really we bad. Danger. Right. Uh, an explosion goes off behind a door, which isn't necessarily an explosion because it pulls everything but behind and behind the everything. So, there's a bright light behind a door. Yes. Everything on the other side of the door, the side where Minka and Pete are, gets drawn in towards it. So they hit their head on the door, mm-hmm. pass out. But before they pass out, Pete sees a, a shadowy figure walk past him right and he can't really you, you don't you see from his pov you don't really know who it is right and then then he passes out and then that's the end of act one we go right into opening titles which uh, not a great theme song i'm no. be quite honest it's kind of a bad theme song kind of kind of boring oh act two police and uh, hazmat units show up at the embassy, Pete and Micah explained to Artie that they feel like the bomb went off via with, a really old yeah. They've got this phone, like and it's like why not weird use two way command? Yeah, this two. They're using like a Johnny Fe- Johnny Quest hand communication device. Yes, that, that it's like a video feed, right? But it looks like um, like Buck Rogers, like 1950s kind of. Yeah, it's it's a circular screen, mm-hmm. and the it's the size of an iPhone. But it's like, we have iPhones now. Just use that. You can just use an iPhone. The, the image quality is better, and you don't have to keep two separate things. Yeah, and this one this one has, like, it's, like, in a weird tin that they have, like, open. Yeah. 
It's it, it you could you just just use an iPhone. It's, you can just use an iPhone. Yeah. Um, they explain via this communicator that uh, the the this explosion went off in this room, and they the police feel like the sword got vaporized because it's not in there. But it, it wasn't necessarily an explosion because it's it everything got and, pulled yeah. inward. And Pete, the dumb one, has a real hard time of explaining that there was an implosion. Yeah. Because he says, like, there was an explosion and a bomb, but, like, the opposite of that. Yeah, Which, like, it's like, we have a word for that. We've always an, had a word for that. Implosion. It's an implosion. Yeah. They do that a lot when they destroy buildings. They don't explode the buildings. Yeah, they, they, they implode. They implode so, like, so, we, you just say that. Just say that word. Just say implosion. Yeah. You're, you sound like a big dumb dummy. You big fucking dumb dummy. Are you you don't you gonna cry? You gonna, gonna cry, cry? baby? We gonna see some tears? <laughs> you cry, you big dummy. Uh, Artie says that the two of them need to get more information on what's in that room, right? Because apparently the Japanese have locked it down. But uh, he also get, gets kind of freaked out when he hears the word implosion. Packs his bag and he leaves. Uh, warehouse thirteen. That's where he's at currently. The Japanese head of security, Osawa. Sure. Uh, says is is confused because he goes up to Pete and Micah and he's like, "Hey, how come there's you said you said you're from the Secret Service, right? Mm-hmm. But there's already another Secret Service detail here. Why are there two Secret Service details? Arrest them! <laughs> Smoke grenade, yeah. run out of the building. Uh, so yeah, so Osawa was like, get." Get out of here. Get out of here before you can you get get your shit together, man. All right. Uh, th- then uh, we cut to Secret Service headquarters. Secret Service boss, Daniel Dickinson. Great oh. name. Great name. Daniel Dickhead. That's, that's what I like to call him. I mean, we're on the water cooler. That's I mean, not to his face. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. That, but like he's, the bo- like, he's the boss. You're going like, to get you called that. You got you to gotta kind of take the good with the bad. Uh, he's mad at Micah and Pete because he's he uh, he knows that there's some kind of like weird warehouse thirteen thing. Uh, but well, he used to be their bosses, right? In the actual presidential Secret Service, right? But and then they got transferred to the warehouse thirteen. Yes, so he's their new Artie, their new boss. Uh, kind of keeps the rest of the Secret Service in the dark. So he says, "Look, man." You could just give me a heads up. Like, I know what kind of goofy shit you got going on over there, but yeah. I don't really know what kind of goofy shit you got going on over there. He basically tells them that he doesn't like their jerk-off names, their jerk-off faces, is, their jerk-off behavior, yeah. and he doesn't like them. Jerk-offs. I'm sorry I wasn't listening. <laughs> Fucking fascist. He tells them to stay out of Malibu. Right. Uh, and so, he, you know, he says, uh, look, just, just fucking just go leave. Away. Just fucking leave. Mike and Pete stake out the embassy instead, as opposed to leaving, like right. he told them to. Uh, he should have thrown his mug at them. I would have got flipped it. Flipped over the chair and yeah. stood, stood on their chest. I don't like your jerk-off face, Lebowski. So then they go back, you and Artie's there. You don't hold shit around here. Uh, yeah, they go back, and they stake out the embassy. They're sitting in their car, you know, doing the doing the... The, the funny moonlighting thing. Right, where they talk cutesy. And they just, they just have weird stuff. Artie shows up, uh, and uh, he's, he has a fancy firework with him. Well, it's a very low-class firework, it looks like. It looks like something a child would make. Yeah, it's the child's it's, representation it's, it looks of like a firework. It looks like a big fucking rocket. He explains yeah. that it's some kind of old 
15th century rocket. Right. Super secret. Don't That's look at it. Entire, uh, he calls it an ice flower. When he fires it, all of the, uh, the anyone who's looking at it in the embassy is distracted. They, they stare like at this thing. Uh, and so they're able to sneak in and get into the room where the implosion grenade went off. Uh, Artie concludes, once they've looked in the room, that this is the work of a thief. Yeah. Who used an implosion Who grenade? Who used an implosion grenade? Billy likes to drink soda. Miss Slippy's car is blue. Basically, you could walk in and in two seconds, you'd be like, someone stole the sword. Yeah. Someone, someone stole the sword, and they, they probably had some fancy bomb to do it. Right. Uh, he feels like he's collected these implosion grenades long ago, so he's confused as to how somebody out in the ether has got them now. Micah says... They must have competition now in the collection game. Right. And uh, the dark collectors. Yeah. Then some kind of weird home improvement graphic to close out the act. <laughs> Did this catch you? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we have this, this awful graphic of like a box lid closing. Yeah. It, it reminded me of your, your stories of using your video toaster <laughs> yes. to cut between yes. camera so, angles. Yeah. Um, where it's it's it basically it's a transition. So the, like we see the, the frame, going- it pulls back, and we we see that the frame is now the top, the lid of a box in in the warehouse, and then the box closes. closes. Yeah, and it's such an it's odd cheap and it's hokey cheap and, and hokey bad. and bad. And it it again, Home Improvement would do this during their scene transitions as well, which always felt weird. You'd be, have like a bad image of Tim Allen hanging from like a blueprint. Yeah, and, and then like he would fall, fall, and then that would be the transition right. between scenes. This is the transition. This is the act out. And uh, this again, your video toaster story where it would be a roller coaster, and I would set it on the other operators' panels <laughs> so that they would think that okay, we're gonna just do a wipe to camera eight here mm. and instead there would be a three and a half second long <laughs> graphic of the image riding like train tracks popping up and then a roller coaster going over them and then it goes into a tunnel and at the other end of the tunnel is the, the other cam- shot the yeah other shot. <laughs> i bet they were very excited when they would punch that off yeah they'd get pretty pissed off every time if only the shows you work on now had that uh had that capability i bet they do but they're like don't tell mark don't he's don't he'll, tell he'll, mark, set, he'll set him up he'll, he'll set, set him up on every fucking every thing there we're watching the live show he cuts back to the studio <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting in the in the control room just clapping <laughs> do it again do it again act three Artie explains after some badgering, because he still hasn't told them what the fuck the sword does. All right. Artie explains that the sword is so sharp. Now, Mark, how? Now, you might be asking yourself, how sharp is this sword? I bet it can cut through a piece of paper. I bet it could cut through a penny. I bet it could cut through a, a zucchini. Boot. No I problem. A, boot. a hat. A man's hat. Right. Now, Mark, what if I told you this? All of this, the whole set, uh-huh. the samurai sword, right? The Bowie knife, sure. The 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 bayonet attachment for your rifle. Oh, finally. And the the, the fifty six piece zombie hunting set. Now, what if I said all of these could be yours, but specifically 
The samurai sword, mm-hmm. so sharp, cuts through light itself. What? Light. It cuts through light. The, my hand does that. My hand but, blocks light. But it blocks light. But this cuts light. Light is a have you ever had a wave. Have you ever had freshly cut vertical. light? Have you ever had I freshly cut had, light? I I do. I wouldn't even know what that means. It's I don't delicious. know what you're saying. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. All of this can be yours. One ninety nine, ninety nine. Oh, that sounds fair. So they're like, "What's the deal with this fucking sword?" And Artie says, "It's so sharp, it can cut light." And then, which I didn't. I, I the jump in logic in this one is so weird. It's dumb. He says it. He's like, it's so sharp that it's able to cut particles of light. And then Micah makes the conclusion to say, so we're talking about invisibility, Invisibility? which in my mind, I never, (laughs) I was like, wait, no, how does that work? Um, I mean, they would you have to be consistently like spinning when, the yeah, blade, you have like to, a, or what if somebody looks at you from like the left? Yeah, what if they're standing behind him, or you know, the, whoever's holding the yeah, sword? Yeah, the lights slipstream. Like, how does this? How I, is this dumb thing supposed to even work? So, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, this shit's shit. Artie says yes if the sword causes in 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 causes light waves to bend around you. Yes, and so you become but, invisible. Right. And I'm just like, what? What? Well, Artie says, like, they're like, tell us about the fucking sword, man. And he's like, "Uh, okay, well, you ever seen, like, ducks flying in a V? Mm -hmm. And, like, the first duck, like, takes the wind off of it. And then the second duck gets, like, less wind resistance. And third and fourth all the way back. Like, sure. And he's like, the sword cuts through light. Yeah. And they're like, what? What? (laughs) And then he storms out of there like, I can't believe I have to explain invisibility to these idiots. But um, Micah notices that the photo, because they found the sword in some kind of excavation site. There's a drawing of a photo and then a picture of the sword sword that they found. And they notice that the the guard on on the end of it, or Mm -hmm. the Suba. Suba. They keep saying the word Suba Suba. over and over again, uh, is missing. So... uh, Artie's like, so well, now it won't work. It, apparently not. If it's not a full set, no. You see, when you order now, you will is that get part the, of you, the zombie. It's it survival is, set. There is one in the zombie set. It's it's it is it is day glow orange. Oh, finally, protect yourself from the zombies. Right, but uh, the suba interchangeable. We have a we have a five set suba, so you can change your suba suba any time you want good because i love to change my suba we have day glow orange right day glow yellow okay hello kitty oh an avengers version oh, that's cool and gunmetal black that's the one i'll probably stick with but you can order all of them mark all of them plus the sword right plus the bayonet attachment sure plus the 56 <laughs> knives uh zombie hunting the kit. Bowie knife is the Bowie knife still in there I'm being I'm being told we're out of the Bowie knife. Oh, we are out of the Bowie knife. I apologize that you should have ordered it then. That's what it is. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll get it back in stock, but those go fast. They go fast, Mark. So they so Artie says, go find the Suba. I'm gonna go find out who's got these fucking grenades. All right. This act feels like they're just like dicking around. They are the dicking around. They they know their ending and they know their their beginning, but this this act really sags. Because we then fade later to 
Pete and Micah trying to figure out how the fuck they're supposed to find like an 800 year old piece of this sword. Uh, Pete decides to call Warehouse 13 and gets in touch with the tech manager. I have no idea. I've got here Hacker Blonde, even though she's not. She's not. She's not blonde. She's but not. Basically, it's, respect respect the name, man. She serves the same function as Hacker Blonde. No, she's just like no. She serves the same function as Hacker Blonde. Does she hack? She probably does. I don't think she hacks. I don't. I didn't see her hack. She didn't hack in this episode, but and I, Hacker Blonde loves to hack. She does. If you see Hacker Blonde, she's probably she's hacking probably something. Hacking. She, she this this I've chick. Always, I've always wanted to hack Warehouse Thirteen. Right. Oh, she could hack. Warehouse she could. 13. Oh, she could hack circles around Warehouse Thirteen. <laughs> Get out! This broad, however, they're like, "How would you find a sword? How would you find this eight hundred year old Suba? You know, if like, we're just I don't know spitballing." She's like, "I don't know. Call up a bunch of antiquities dealers, dealers. in the area." And they're like, "Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, we would do that. Do you want to do that?" And she's sh- like, "Fine, whatever." But like, I this this is it a weird goes on forever. It, it goes on forever, and it doesn't really serve a purpose other than to to have in the next scene they're like oh we found this where the suba is um this is a weird character function because a lot of these shows have this like you know attractive woman who is like brainy computer exactly stuck behind the desk and all she does is you know snark snark and 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 type on a keyboard right and it's in a lot of shows and i feel like i feel like we're over this we can we can I'm do better. It. We can do better. It should have been a like a it could have been a dog. A very smart dog. A very smart yeah. dog. Imagine that. Like <laughs> they call back to the warehouse. Oh, oh. It's uh what if it's socks? The cat? The print the Clinton's cat. Oh Maybe man. The, yeah. it, they thought it died, but instead it's just it's running data warehouse searches 13, for yeah. warehouse thirteen. <laughs> socks, if you were looking for a suba, where would you look? Meow. <laughs> And we just see it laying, curls, on, laying on a keyboard. Curls up on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. And he's like, well, of course, I, I think I, of that. I would do that. <laughs> yeah. That, Start swiping at a moth. Just. And we just see two uninterrupted minutes of it just kind of. We and, uh, like a like a grip holding a piece of string off off camera, just kind of trying to get it to to jump at it. This is the best job I've ever had. This is it. This is I'm getting Benny's union rate on this. Everything I want. I'm you know you know where I'm six day. I'm six day cat wrangler. And two on yeah. The editor felt like it's all it's it's all good. It's all good. It's all you guys gave me too much good stuff. You guys are like AM PM. Too much because it's too much good stuff right here. Uh, we then move to Artie, uh, who is uh, in, he's investigating the electronics store where the guy died, and he goes in and he sees basically a pile of clothes, a bunch of ash, uh-huh. and he concludes that this guy must have given our mystery man the um, the grenades, and then got killed, and then got then got then got straight up straight up whacked. Yeah. Uh, but uh, while he's doing that, he finds uh, some Tums, some antacid tablets, and he he realizes that it's a man that he used to know based on the Tums. Yeah. Based on this particular flavor of Tums. How do you spell relief, Mark? Rolates? R-O-L-A-I-D-S. Yeah. Now, Andrew, this is the point in the show where I fell asleep. 
and I woke up at the end of the show and was very upset because I I had to rewind and watch it again because mm. I'd fallen you asleep. Fell asleep because this show was so bad. Due diligence. Well, but you watch it once. Shame on you. <laughs> watch it twice. More shame. You're not gonna watch it again. So you're not gonna. You're not gonna get me to watch it again. Don't watch this drive. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, meanwhile, Micah and Pete tell Artie that, um, they, due to their investigation from the, the chicken, the cat, the, yeah, socks, the cat socks. back at warehouse 13, that, uh, a, somebody found the Suba in the twenties and coincidentally the Suba is now here in DC because they were going to put the Suba back with the, the, the sword right. when they gave it to the president at the gift ceremony. So Artie's like, no, 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 no. This is all, it's all wrong. It's all yeah. wrong. It's all, it's all wrong. Uh, too many connections here. She's the, she's the best agent we, we've got. It's just, she's right. just, it's, it's all about jazz. It's all jazz. It's just playing. Connections. It's not so much uh, Manny Patinkin as it is. Uh, gold bloom there. Malcolm. Did <laughs> <laughs> I ever tell you about uh, uh, chaos theory? They, um, the Japanese head of security goes to uh, Daniel Dickheads. And right. <laughs> That's what we all call That's you. That's what we call you. And says that he's ran a background check on, on Artie. Artie. And he's like, your agents are compromised. This guy, is he's bad news. And we see very quick flashes in the dossier that Daniel Dickheadson is given. Right. And uh, it says, we see like, the word espionage, and we see an old, a younger mugshot of, of Artie. Right. Picture of him on the grassy knoll with a rifle. <laughs> Giving a big thumbs up. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, and um, the uh, Daniel says, well, I'll have to, I'll have to work on this. I'll have to look at this. this. Micah and then Pete stake out the museum where the Suba is going back to, which apparently is because like because Kinley library or something um the harding museum of course or hoover i don't know one one of those presidents um did josiah bartlett yeah 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 you know one of the one of the good ones sure uh because the soup is going back to where it originally was because they don't have the sword anymore uh However, a guy shows up with an Gina davis's character from commander in chief yes who she wasn't the vice president right she no, was she the secretary no, even she was, lower she was just like the agriculture secretary and yeah there's like some in a terrible King ralph <laughs> moment <laughs> everybody gets, gets wiped out <laughs> uh a um a masked man shows up with an electro gun right and a tesla a tesla I think they call it. and stuns the um security guard security guard steals the suba these guys run after him they also have these goofy looking electro guns right uh, and um, they manage to get the Suba back, but the guy gets away, and the the agents that were electrocuted catch up to Mike Pete and, and Pete, Mika. yeah, and uh, conclude that they were the ones that that shot them, right? Because apparently these electro guns cause short term memory loss, conveniently enough. Mm. Act four, uh, the uh, Daniel Dickheadson, uh, he is. Um, bails them out again. Right. And he's like, but I got some news for yous. Your boss, he ain't what he seems like he is. 
and then gives him the dossier. And like he's not Mandy Patinkin. I thought he was Mandy Patinkin. Oh my God, he's the guy from <laughs> from Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Oh man. Oh. Uh, he I also says he still doesn't like the jerk off face. <laughs> yeah, and throws another mug at them. He gives him the dossier, and he also takes the suba and puts it in his safe. Artie goes and talks to someone named Carol at a bar, who right. apparently he has history with. And meanwhile, he, Carol and him also have history with a man named McPherson, right? Who he believes is the one who has these implosion grenades and stole the sword. Yeah. And, um, and Carol's like, I don't know, it's this weird, muddy thing. Backstory thing where, like, Carol banged McPherson <clears throat> instead of banging Artie. And she's like, you're right, I made the wrong choice. And and meanwhile, Artie's like, well, well you know, it's, 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 it's not the past it's not, now. It's, it's, I don't really it's, care. It's, I just need to find put, him. Put a, put, put a drop of water on your hand, yeah, and it's going to go in two different right. directions. You know, it, 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 it's all it's, it's chaos. That's there. a big pile of it's shit. one big pile of shit. <laughs> faster faster is good faster whoops no whoops that's from independence yeah i know it is <laughs> uh <laughs> we we gave we gave uh, warehouse 13 uh, a virus a, a, virus, a, cold. a cold if you will <laughs> uh, uh. um <clears throat> carol gets offended because Artie's like look man if you're protecting him you're in trouble right you're in trouble mr uh, Carol gets offended and she leaves. Artie spins around and runs into CCH, CCH Pounder, Pounder. <laughs> from The Shield. Yeah. Uh, who I assume is there to try and spy on uh, um, Michael Chiklis's character. <laughs> he sure. must be running some kind of drug front out of DC. You would, you would guess. You know, the, the strike team, they, they think they're above the law, but they're not. She's going she's gonna to get him and she's going she's gonna to put him in jail. Uh, CCH Pounders there, who apparently is the actual boss of Warehouse 13. Okay. Mrs. Frederick is CCH Pounders' character. She uh, she says she's going to take everyone off the case. She's yeah. She's like, you guys are in too deep. Because Artie's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's, 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 it's obviously McPherson. It's McPherson. Uh, right. it's, he's trying to set me up. Set, setting us all up. Setting us all up. He's going to make us look like fools. Uh, and uh, she says, well, it sounds like you're in too deep. I'm taking right. you. I'm taking you guys off the case. You guys are getting. I'm taking you fucking off the case. Uh, the crew. I'm gonna take you off the case. Take, take me off the case. Should have said that. That's what should have said, said that. At, as tell me again, you're gonna take me off the case. Just go. Oh, all right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Uh, back at the hotel, Pete and Micah go through Artie's file, and they can't believe that they're seeing all this stuff about uh, espionage. Now, aren't they arrested this time? Uh, well, they were arrested when they got caught, but uh, and then the the Secret Service head Daniel Dickinson lets them out. Lets them out, okay. and he's like, "Get out of, stay out of Malibu." Sure, <laughs> I mean it this time. And uh, uh, it, it says in his file that he sold secrets to the Russians. Meanwhile, intercut with them, like not believing this file and being like, "I can't believe Artie was going to do this." Artie breaks into the Secret Service office and tries to steal the Suba. Right. However, they've increased security and, and they get Artie. They catch him. Act five. Artie talks with Micah and Pete in like an interrogation room, and he says everything in the dossier is true. He had his reasons for selling secrets to the Russians, <laughs> apparently. But uh, 
he says that CCH Pounder expunged everything. So he's confused as to how this is coming back up. So he tells them that he's being set up. Right. And this should have been fixed. So if you find out who gave the dossier to Daniel Dickinson, you'll, you'll find out who's got the sword. Right. Uh, the uh, Daniel, Daniel Dickinson shows up and says, look, take 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 your shit and get get the fuck out of my city right get out get out of my fucking city and he assigns two agents to take them directly to the airport right he's like you're gonna get on a plane and you're gonna leave spirit we can't afford so you know, it's it's deal such, with it. it's short notice so you will have to pay extra for carry-on you'll oh, have to gosh. pay extra for water oh, for fuck. and um you're flying standby no <laughs> <laughs> see you later uh, but he also gives them a friendly suggestion that they should transfer out of Warehouse 13 because it's a sinking ship. Party seems like a crackpot, and this whole thing is going to go sideways real fast. Pete puts it together that the Japanese security detail guy mm-hmm. uh, is the guy that he saw walking through the building, as it's literally the only other character it could be at this point. Right. And uh, he's like, "That's that must be the guy who gave the dossier, dossier to." the secret service guy so Artie was right meanwhile Artie is released uh after mr mrs frederick's bodyguard comes in with a piece of paper and he gives it to the guard he's like here and then they they let him out of the handcuffs and he walks out of the building without without a lot of questions asked apparently this this get out of jail free card that he was given literally a get out of jail free card uh he um yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's just this piece of paper. It's like, please excuse Artie from being arrested. He was, <laughs> he, very was not, sick. he was not feeling well that day. <laughs> so Pete and Minka. Pete and Minka are being driven to the airport. And Minka's like, shoot them with the Tesla gun. Shoot the glass. And he's like, I don't want to. She's like, do it. There's this weird back and forth where they're pantomiming that she wants them to shoot the guys in the front seat. And he's like, what are you, you talking about? What are you talking about? Shoot, we don't shoot guys shoot, in the front shoot, seat. Shoot the guy. Shoot the guy. And it's, it goes on for way too long. So then she long. shoots him. So she, she, shot, she shot a guard. She shot two guards. Uh, she takes his gun and Electro shots them. And then they sneak out of the car right. and run away. Artie talks with Mrs. Frederick, who now believes Artie about McPherson. Because she also now has a copy of this file. And um, she's like, you're right. Go get him. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know what to tell you which is a weird conclusion to this whole thing. It's like they, they, she didn't believe him. And now she believes them. <laughs> she didn't. She, now she believes them. Go get him. She's got to get Vic Mackey. Well, so the good guys, she, you go get McPherson. I'm, oh. I'm staking out Vic Mackey. Right. again. I think he's running. I think he's running something Some for the numbers. Mexican I think mafia. <laughs> so they go to, this is now act six, the, the airport. Yes. Uh, the reason that they're all going to the airport is because the Japanese security guy is going to be flying out of, like, the the diplomat's terminal right. at the airport. So there's, they say, there's no security there. Um, we cut to a hangar at the top of Act 6 where the Japanese security man gives the suba to this mystery bad guy who puts it on the sword. And it turns out, turns you invisible. Yeah. Which... I don't know how. Again, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense because he's like, so we see him slide the guard on the sword and then he slices the air and then there's and this And he like, becomes invisible. And he's, now he's invisible. 
But like, does he constantly have to be cutting? Is he just waving his hand up and down? Is is he like spinning it like a propeller? Is, I don't know what he's, I, don't know. I don't know what he's doing. How do you stop being invisible? Oh, you sheath go you the sheath opposite it? direction. I don't know. I don't get it. It's I, dumb. I don't. I don't get it either. Artie confronts McPherson. Who did you recognize this actor? If you it's, haven't seen The West Wing, you probably didn't recognize him. Oh well, he he plays um, Christy Alley's love interest in Cheers. Oh yeah, for he a does. number of years. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is this is like one of these famous character actors that you see everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the the place I recognized him from is uh, this is Lord John Marbury from The West Wing. <laughs> eventually british ambassador lord yeah. john marbury who is like this lush women like womanizer, womanizer. uh and the, he's but he's like very friendly and but the president is always kind of weirded out by him uh but uh however the japanese security guy gets his head cut off for his troubles right which shouldn't his head have just turned invisible yeah, when he swiped the, the, sword. the head off, shouldn't, shouldn't that guy have Marbury Marbury should have become visible at that point. I don't I don't know, but basically, the his head there's nobody in the room. And then his head and falls his head, off. His head falls off. He's like, oh my god, he's got the sword. He's got he's got the sword. He's got the sword. He's got the sword. So I didn't I didn't know I could do it. Uh, he <laughs> this is a real dumb plan, but. Um, the two of them have this this dialogue back and forth. You should not have come back. Hardy's like, you, you need to you need to give me the, give me give me give the sword, sword give and me, everything give will me be the fine. Sword. It's gonna be fine. But the the two of them kind of spar because apparently they must have some kind of they have this history where yeah. they you know it's like uh, these two are on the on different sides of the artifact collection game. I guess throw me the throw me the throw me the whip. Throw me the whip. Yeah, give me the jewels. So then Artie reaches for like, like an air pump or fire something. extinguisher or something like that. And so he so he can see where the where uh, McPherson is, but basically his plan is to get stabbed by the sword. Alright. Uh so that McPherson gets stuck it in gets him. In, it gets stuck in him and McPherson can't get it out. Right. What if McPherson had cut his head off? Yeah, he just went invisible and and or like cut his Achilles or something. Yeah, you didn't have to stab him in the chest. But he stabs him right right in the fucking chest as right. well. I don't know. It's dumb. So then the other guys show up. Yeah, Micah and Pete show up, and they scare off McPherson, who just kind of runs away. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Artie has a huge, huge fucking sword stuck in, sword him. in his chest. And he's like, pull, pull the sword out. Pull the, pull the sword out. So then they do. So they, and he's like, it's the sharpest sword ever made. You can just, just pull it out. It should be fine. And then they pull it out, and he's like, ow, ow, that hurt. And then his liver turns invisible. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, oh God. No. Oh, I'm just... So, yeah, he starts turning. He, Michael J. Fox is away. Hands <laughs> disappearing. Can't play Earth Angel anymore. And then they see one last... Implosion, implosion grenade. grenade. They, they all, say, we gotta run. It looks like we're gonna have to jump. So then they run. They run out of the building, and it explodes and kind of... Implodes. Implodes the hangar a little bit, even though this fucking... 60 year old man just got stabbed through very close to the heart yeah with a samurai sword but he's okay he's okay everybody he's okay so back at, back uh, at the warehouse. warehouse 13 they are putting the sword in its rightful place next to some other shit in the in the shit and micah's mad because she feels like Artie leaves her in the dark all the time and she's like i'm not expendable 
Right. I, I need... Socks the cat says he's lost a lot of good agents. So yeah. he doesn't get close. He to doesn't them get anymore. close to agents because he's pretty sure you're gonna die like next week, anyways. Yeah. So and Mike is like, I'm a regular. I'm not. Yeah. I'm uh, not gonna die this week or even next week. Yeah. But maybe at the end of the season. Maybe depends on how contract on negotiations. <laughs> and so she's all up in arms about how like this is. I guess Art keeps sending them on like these dangerous missions without enough intel. Well, you know what? Fucking suck it up, I guess, right? You, I mean, you know where they give you all the intel you need? Starbucks. So if you want... Yeah, they tell you, you, exactly, what you, they tell you, you exactly what you'll be doing that day. Yeah, why don't you quit? Get a job there. Quit being a big pissy baby. Yeah. Um, then McPherson... Uh, Artie's watching this conversation take place in a, a surveillance camera up in his office where he's talking to CCH Pounder. And he's like... You know, McPherson's planning something bigger, and CCH Pounder's like, "Well, you can stop you him. Get him, stop him. I guess if you want. I, I guess I don't know. Look, I am up to my ass in this Mackie stuff. Right. He, like, it, it, he, he killed, he killed, he killed, he killed that guy. He, he killed, killed his own guy. partner yeah. in cold blood. Just shot him because he's running drugs. Did you know that? And that's the end of this episode of Warehouse Thirteen. What did you think of This is the worst show Warehouse we've ever 13. seen. This is not the worst show this we've ever seen. This was horrible. It put me to sleep. It was dumb. It was boring. Mm-hmm. I didn't like any of the characters. Uh, whatever semblance of logic there might have been to the plot didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I hate that they're having to dodge the Secret Service, but like... The only thing that ever happens when the Secret Service catches them is they get a tongue lashing, and then it's over. Yeah. It happens like three times you in a row. Guys. And he's like, hey, guys, I told you. And they're like, all right, whatever. And then they're right back out on the street again. Like, it's dumb, and it's lazy writing, and it's a terrible TV show. And I wanted to watch Heart of Dixie. And Andrew was like, Heart of Dixie's going to suck. Let's watch a you good show. You know it's going to suck. Let's watch uh, no, a no, boss-ass no, show. No, no, like I Warehouse say, 13, I Episode say, 7, I Implosion. I did not say, let's watch a boss-ass show. I said, why don't we pick something that's a little bit more self-contained so we're not as confused and we're just kind of making stuff up on the spot because a lot of times we watch self-contained stuff, we have a little bit more grist for the mill. Right. But with this, it was such shit, like, I don't want to spend another second talking about it because it was such a bad show. And it was boring. Was it not boring that, like, oh, no, Secret Service caught him again. Yeah, I better not see you and yes, going home to, to your auntie and your uncle in Bel Air. They went to that well a few too many times during this where and it's like they se- should have just... The scene, scene starts. I wonder what the sword does. Artie, tell us what the sword does. Oh, I don't have time to tell you what the sword does. Let's get in there. Okay, we got in there. Artie, what does the sword do? Uh, I don't have time to tell you. You, you, you don't ask me what what what, what about what's what what is the sword super but just just go. Yeah. And it's like this show was it's an hour long? Yeah. It could have been 8 minutes. Probably. Yeah. Because there were no twists, no developments. Five seasons, Mark. And are you are you telling me that you're knocking your Facebook friend Derek? He didn't write this episode. Well, I, I bet s- he wrote a good one. It's probably a formula. But this one was bad. Bob Woodward, not happy with you. 
Alright, alright. Tell us how you really feel. This was... I, partners might have been worse. Partners is worse. Partners might have been worse, but Partners was 22 minutes. So it was like, alright, I'll get through this. But this thing was... Um, it put me to sleep. The whole bar sequence... Where it's like, he's talking to this girl about McPherson. She's like, what do we get out of that sequence? He and this girl used to bang, and then she started banging Obviously, McPherson. it's pro- it's the season arc. If I, if I had to take a guess, but I'm assuming for McPherson this story, is the season arc. For this story, it does arc, nothing. And it'll just progress it further. It's like... And then he gets arrested and just as easily released with that get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. Like, it's just bad writing. There's a lot of... Deus Ex Machina and this sort of like, well, okay, it's fine. Like, I feel like I'm reading like a first draft. I don't know what to tell you. I don't think it was as bad as you think it is. It's it's it it's was it was dumb, as bad as I think it was. It's stupid and it's it's inconsequential. Yeah, but it's it's you know people people like this kind of stuff. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, you're. I feel people like, eat at McDonald's I, all the time. Yeah, it like doesn't mean it's good. Feel like you're. I feel like you're upset. I feel like. I, feel I like don't like this show. Like it was a taking, bad show. You're taking your frustrations out on Warehouse 13. I feel like that's what's happening. Right. Well, now that I've pissed and moaned, we'll move on to a segment entitled "Well, you know what, Mark? You fucking do it. I'll fucking do it." Where the two of us have been tasked with writing pages for a prospective next episode of Warehouse 13. Mark, we'll start with you. Okay, Andrew. Uh. I will be scene directions mm-hmm. and Minka, mm-hmm. and you can be Pete and Arthur. Artie. Artie. Yeah, got it. All right. Here we go. Interior, warehouse, main office. The warehouse office is filled with all manner of artifacts and secret documents. Placed rather prominently in the center of the room is a 10-foot-long welded shut tube. Peter looks at the tube, kicks the sides of it, presses down on top of it a few times, and decides that it's pretty secure. Peter walks across the room, picks up Doc Holliday's cowboy hat, known to give the wearer the ability to become better at all tasks while drinking, and comes back to the tube. Peter jumps on top of the tube and rides a like major Kong. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Mika comes into the room and rolls her eyes so hard they'll have to use Colonel Clink's monocle to straighten her eyes back out. Thanks for setting my eye there. We should put the monocle back in the box with President Garfield's lasagna recipe. Is it true that if you use that recipe on a Monday, it'll cause the standing president to be assassinated? Uh, uh, standing president, not necessarily the, the president of uh, the United States. It, it, it could be a student council president or you know whatever. Uh, the lasagna recipe works in, in strange ways. Arthur walks past the two. Peter is still straddling and goes to a desk. He shuffles some papers and fixes his eyes on something in his hand. This is it. This is this is really it. What do you have there, Chief? Is it our next assignment? I suspect it will be, or rather, uh, will lead us to your next assignment. This map here will guide us to St. George's Spear. What's that? Uh, well, the St. George's spear was used uh, to slay uh, a dragon in the 10th century. The spear, said to still be covered in dragon b- b- blood, is quite possibly the most powerful weapon on, on, on Earth. The, the, the dragon's blood is fused with the metal, making it deadly to the touch and powerful enough to cut through solid stone or, or even steel. My Christ, sounds dangerous. It, well, it is. It is. It's the single most dangerous artifact on the planet. Well, partner... 
I guess we ought to mount up and ride on out for that spear there. Huh? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah I guess so. Uh, but, but be careful how you ride that thing. It's an A-bomb. What? Yeah, yeah that's a big fat baby. Uh, it was supposed to be used on Tokyo if, uh, you know, the Japanese didn't surrender at Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Is it active? You mean, uh, uh, can it go off? Is there any other question that matters with a 70-year-old atom bomb? It's got all its original parts. I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't. Now, uh, look at these ancient Cappadocian texts here I, that I found. Mika and Arthur are frozen in place. Guys, uh, come on. Uh, let's look at this. I don't want to move with the bomb here. I think I heard a tick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, you didn't hear anything. You just... Tick. Oh, shit. Uh, that, that, was, that was definitely a tick. A series of ticks start emanating from the bomb with increasing frequency. Let's see. What, what, what do I do? Uh, it, you know, it, it's going to be fine. Uh, Meek and I uh, are going to go to the Fuhrer bunker to uh, uh, get um, <clears throat> some some stuff uh, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, help uh, you. Uh, Mika, would you care to meet me in the Fuhrer bunker, uh, you know, like, right, 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 right now? We can't leave him. Peter, Mika, fuck off. Arthur runs out of the office, leaving Minka and Peter to solve this little problem on their own. You've got to disable that bomb. How? Minka ponders for a moment before alighting on a brilliant solution. She runs to a cabinet and pulls out a <laughs> bottle of Romulan ale. She tosses the bottle to Peter. Put on the hat and start drinking. Peter downs the bottle of blue fluid and starts feeling the effects immediately. He shakes his head suddenly, trying to overcome the drunkenness. He start, stares at the bomb, kicks it with his heels, and the ticking stops. Yes! May I just say that in times like this, you and I show one great part of the that's, uh, that's a warehouse 13. That's a warehouse 13. <laughs> they got all this random shit lying around. Yeah, and, you know. They make offhanded comments about it. You know, that Doc Holliday's hat can, that's, that, makes that makes sense. That makes sense, right? Sense. And Chester, or... or President, President Garfield's Garfield. lasagna recipe yes, that we all know you don't want to use on a Monday. He loved he loved lasagna. Loved so lasagna. Much. Hated Mondays. Loved the spoil system. Well, Mark, beautiful pages. Yeah. Uh, I I was torn, Mark, because you tasked me with two different things. I did ask you to help out on a little project by coming up with puns for pranks. Yes. Uh, and, and so it was either write the pages or come up with these terrible pun names. Right. And... I came up with the terrible pun names. Well, so do you want to read those? Yeah, yeah. Instead of the script pages, uh, let me let me let me go ahead and now you haven't read any of these, correct? I have not read any of these. Okay, so Mark has been cutting, working on this thing, and it, basically it's a prank show. It's a hidden camera prank show, and he needs involving to, people at a restaurant. Yes, so he needs to come up with funny names for the pranks. And uh, so let's 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 see what we got. This one is entitled "Mamma Mia." Now this prank is that there is a guy who's a very angry Italian who feels that his mother has been slighted by these customers. Yes, because they he feels like they've disrespected his mother. Right. Uh, and there's a plate involved as well. Right. It's a, the mother's face is on a plate. Just like Mama used to make. Mm. Plate, plate, don't tell me. Yeah. The plating game. The hateful plate. 
better. Better. <laughs> Duel of the plates. Uh. Mom's the word. Yes. I want to be replated. And for some reason, plate and barreled. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so like crate and barrel? Yeah. Because it kind of comes in, he barrels, barrels over. over. Yeah. 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 So. I like I like plate and barrel. Plate and barrel. I like hateful plate. Hate, the, yeah, the hateful plate. Right, because it requires that you know. This new movie. This, this new Tarantino movie and the, the details of this prank. Yes. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, then we have another one where. Uh, a chef is trumpeting that he's got hot dogs. Yeah, this is his brand new great recipe, and it's hot dogs. And the original pitch here is dog food, which isn't bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, <laughs> this one gets real stupid real okay. fast. Because right. I get, you can see where my mind goes immediately. Uh, I've got here dog days. Okay. So start, start basic. Chats and dogs, because they, they talk, talk to, to each other. Yeah. Welcome to Wienerville. What if it was the truth about chats? Oh yes, now that's better. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Wienerville, which was a show on Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. uh, Frank Check. <laughs> it's like blank check. That's bad. Frank pl Frank Prank. Uh. Franks for the memories. <laughs> I don't know why this is written here. Frank to high voltage. <laughs> like crank. Yeah. Yeah, crank to high voltage. Red hot plot. Yeah. Because hot dogs or some call them called red hots. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You never heard that? No, it must be original And then thing. buns of anarchy. I like Buns of Anarchy, <laughs> and I like the truth about chats the truth, and dogs. Truth about chats and dogs, and I, I think you should go with Frank too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ones where you have to say them out loud to really understand. Yes, exactly. You would read Frank too. I voltage, and you'd be like, "What? Frank? Frank? Frank. Oh!" <laughs> and then finally, uh, the last one involves a chef named Deb. Right. Who gets a little liquored up? Right. And talks to her. Her um, hits on the client. Hits on. Hits, yeah. Hits on the customer. So uh, you've got here a devil do ya, which is the name of a critic episode. Now the official title is a little devil. A little do devil do ya. So if you're gonna if you're gonna use that one. Make it. Make it. Make it right. Make it, make it right. Okay. Because uh, it's based on the fop. Now, da. Uh, what? Uh, Burma shave. A dabble do ya. A little dabble do ya is right. um, pomade. That's what it is. Uh, I've got here bourbon greet. Okay. Like bourbon street. Yeah. Bourbon commando. <laughs> like suburban commando. I know them. Yeah. Uh, rural meets bourbon. I don't know why. <laughs> That's not good. Better call alcohol. Better. Bourbon Sprawl. Deb and Flow. <laughs> Calling Debs. 
like calling dibs. Yeah, I think is the direction I was I'm going. Not sure. This was written at like three in the morning. Got all tired. Uh, dropping some deb step. <laughs> and then. Debit starred. Debit starred. Because it starred Deb. Yeah. And it's like debit card, you see. Ooh. Debit starred. You lose gas on those last <laughs> ones. I feel like a little devil do ya is the way to go Kinda on this says one. It, yeah. But uh, that's that's what we got. That's what I did instead of writing pages well, for us 13. I like yours more. Well, uh, puns aside, Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of Episodic Memories. If you would like to contact us, you can always do that by emailing us at botbpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash botbpodcast. Or you can obviously go to the site, theflickeringbox.wordpress.com. You can follow us on iTunes, leave a review there. Let us know what you think. Of Andrew's puns. Of my pun specifically. Yeah. Frank 2, High Voltage. <laughs> Is that the right name for this prank? I think it should you be. You tell us. Are there, there's two hot dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's two Franks. Frank 2. Frank, uh, Frank well, two. yeah, you got me there. Frank 2. I do High love voltage. that. It's Iron Iron Man 2. Two, two Iron, Iron Man. Man. That's all you need. Iron Man 3? Bullshit. Or like there's like 60 a th- there's Iron like a thousand Man in Iron Man in that. It's, it's fucking horseshit. Anything else, Mark? I think that's it. Tune in next week when hopefully we'll watch a good show as opposed to the pile of shit that Andrew decided to make me watch. It's, it's true. Next next week is a we will just be sitting in front of a big pile of shit for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. We'll see you later, everybody.